Hi there, I'm Willie Russo. I'm the host of Interview with an Artist, the Gallery Edition. I'm coming to you from the land of the Gadigal and the Birribirigal people, and I am forever grateful for their love and care for this beautiful country. Rachel Parsons is the director of NIRAM. That's the New England Regional Art Museum in Armadale on the land of the Anawan people. Rachel began her time at Niram as a curator in 2016. Now, when Rachel interviewed for the job over Zoom, she was based in Brisbane. and She had never been to regional New South Wales. Rachel had to actually Google where it was she was going. And what initially turned out to be a plan to spend maybe two to three years, it's coming up to six years. The opportunity to apply for the director position came up before Rachel thought she was probably ready. But she put her hat in the ring and, well, the rest is history. In Rachel's first few years steering the museum through, she faced droughts, floods, mouse plagues and a worldwide pandemic. Not the easiest of starts to a senior career, but definitely an interesting one. In today's episode, we talk about Rachel's path from study to director in a relatively short time. We talk about how she balances bringing shows to NIRAM that will appeal to a regional audience and also presenting work that is leading the wider contemporary art scene. We talk about how artists can apply to show in regional galleries and some of the things they should bear in mind when they do and how it's the 40th birthday for NIRAM and the plans they have to celebrate. I first met Rachel at an event in Sydney, and it won't surprise you to know it was her cracking dress that caught my eye. I have followed her career since then and am in awe of the work she is doing out in regional Australia at NIRAM. Before we get into the episode today, one-on-one mentoring has opened for May. The newsletter will be out in mid-April, and if you don't already subscribe to The Next Step, head on over and put your details in. It's one email, once a month, helping you take the right next step with your artistic practice. Now, let's meet Rachel Parsons, the director of NIRAM in Armidale. You've been at NIRAM now since, well, you've been the director since 2017. No, director since 2018. So I came to Armidale and NIRAM in 2016 as the curator and then I became the director um, in July 2018. So. Oh, okay, okay. That's still a really big stint as director there. Yeah, it's, it's uh, the time has gone fast. Of course, there's been things like massive drought and bushfires and the never-ending COVID issue <laughs> since I've become director. I try not to take that personally. Um, uh, so, yeah, so but that has certainly altered the, the feeling of the time a little bit, but yes, it's certainly gone very, very quickly. I read a really lovely quote that you had responded to a question about you'd studied a BFA and then you realised curating was this marriage of being creative and spreadsheets. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's hilarious. Talk to us about that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it really was for me. I mean, because obviously I wanted to be an artist and um, studied in that direction. And, but I'm also just an organizer. I'm good at logistics and I'm good at getting things together, but with curating, at least you still get to maintain that creative aspect and you're still connected to and very much involved in the art. So I'm still within that happy place that I love, but using those inherent skills in some kind of practical way. I love it. Um, do you move from Brisbane to Armadale? Yes. 
And how was that move out? Like, had you had much experience out in regional Australia before that? So I actually did the interview uh, for the curator's position over Zoom because just because of a scheduling issue. And uh, the then director said, look, we're interested in you taking the job, but you should really visit Armadale before you come down. And so the first thing I had to do was Google, where is Armadale? Because <laughs> at the time, my contract at QT was coming up. So I was just looking for anything to be, I guess, my next opportunity. And so I had applied for a, a bunch of things um, without thinking too too hard about it. So yes, I had to I had to Google where Armadale was. I had never been really anywhere in regional New South Wales, maybe like Bondi or some places on the on the coast. It was a big move for me. I'd, I'd always lived in Brisbane, except for a little sort of gap year where I was living in South Korea. And I was away from, you know, my established network there and, and my family. But when I made that first visit and I uh, went into the art store and saw the collection that they had here at Niram, I was like, look, I can give it a go. You know, I can give it a go. And Years and years and years have passed. And I, I love living here. It's beautiful to be in regional New South Wales and Armadale is a really lovely place to live. Making that jump from head of curation to the director role, how scary was that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that it was something that I thought I would always do, but I thought that I was several curatorial roles or, you know, rungs away from actually making that leap. In my head, not that I had everything planned out, but in my head I'd be in Armadale for maybe two or three years as the curator and I'd use that to springboard into to something else and then maybe I'd go to a larger institution and work myself way up to you know, senior curator or manager of something. Um, and then I try to get a director's role. But then when Robert Heather, who was my predecessor here, decided to, to leave, part of me was like, I'm probably not ready for this, but at the very least, they'll probably give you an interview to be nice and that's good experience. And also if the person who comes in, if they're horrible and you hate them and you hate their direction if you didn't even try to apply for the job and it's partially your fault that you're now working for someone that you don't like working for so at the very least you should give it a go and then I was very fortunate that the board here at Niram gave me the opportunity and the the chance and was supportive of the fact that perhaps I didn't come with all of the experience but you can learn so much very quickly. And it was a very steep learning curve. So yeah, I was nervous, but I have always been the type of person who there's an opportunity there. You have to take it. I mean, in the arts, sometimes there's very few opportunities. They can be quite few and far between and it can be really competitive. And so you have to throw your hat in the ring and see what happens. And the worst thing is that someone will say no, and then you try again. And yeah, the rest has been history. I mean, it's been an amazing move for me to, to be here in this role. Yeah, talk us through some of the highlights over the last couple of years in working in the gallery and leading it through, I mean, God, like you say, <laughs> droughts, floods, COVID. I'm sure you had the mouse plague out there as well. Yes, the mice. I forgot The mice. About- <laughs> <laughs> the mice. Um, Career-wise, what have been some of the highlights in the gallery there? Sure. I mean, I suppose one of the things is that we have survived through that period and um, we're actually – um, coming out of that where we're thriving. I think last year we had um, 
you know, a significant jump in visitation to the museum. So building those audiences has been huge and, and um, it's so fantastic to see that that engagement with the community and with visitors is, is really working. I mean, there's been a number of amazing exhibitions and programs that I'm really proud of. Back from when I was still the curator working with Bianca Beetson on the Mile Creek and Beyond exhibition um, has certainly been a huge highlight for me. It was a really challenging show to work on, but I think a really important one. And that's now been on a national tour for three years and you know won awards and, and that kind of thing. So it was wonderful to be part of that and to try and tackle some of the challenges of telling those difficult histories that we have. Also, the last thing I did as the curator here at Sneurum was uh, curate the first permanent display of our Howard Hinton collection, which was quite an important thing for the gallery over the last five years. It's just about to be relaunched with a, with a new display by our current curator, Belinda Hungerford, but that was something that I was very proud of. And since being director, I mean, there's some programs that I think have been really important. We've launched the the Culture Club, which is an engagement program trying to specifically target professionals and, and young people who may not be coming to the museum to see exhibitions, try to find other ways to engage them and capture their imagination within their limited free social time that they have. With a colleague from the University of New England, we established the Winter Blooming Festival, which is our LGBTQI plus First Nations and Multicultural Festival that we run annually. And I think that's been really important for Nurem and a program I'm personally very proud of. Last year, we did one of my favorite exhibitions that we've ever done here was from last year. It was called Strong and it was five women artists and it was a beautiful exhibition. All of the artists who knew people like Aida Tomescu and Hilary May's work in large scale abstract work and they've all either started or continued their practice past the age of 60. So sort of that recognition that women artists have these you know, long and important careers and that they can work big and they can work bold. I mean, that show also had, you know, Sally Gabori, so someone who didn't start until their their 80s and then had such a huge impact on the arts with her painting. Yeah. Yeah, one of the favourite shows that we've ever done here in Europe. Yeah, I remember that show distinctly. I didn't get out to see it, but I remember seeing pictures of it and the coverage of it and I thought, oh, that's a cracking, cracking show. Um. I guess you kind of have to walk this, I want to say it's not a fine line, but almost a tightrope between knowing your community out there and regional Australia and what they're interested in or what they may be interested in and then being across the art world domestically and potentially internationally and and matching those two. How do you do that? Niram is quite a large museum. We have six gallery spaces, so that allows us to do quite an extensive program. We do about 30 exhibitions a year, and within that program we obviously – Uh, highlight and interpret our collection. We also try to get a number of national touring exhibitions in a year. We do special projects with things like Mile Creek and Beyond. And then we also have a focus on local and regional New South Wales artists and supporting them through solo exhibitions. Um, So that's really important. And then I I guess from a programming perspective, um, we often talk about the fact that we need to do exhibitions that we know our community will love and respond to, you know, give the people what they want but we also want to make sure that we're doing exhibitions that are 
challenging and maybe difficult in some way, whether that's because it's something that people haven't seen before or it's something that maybe isn't popular or it's political or it's um, trying to deal with you know something that's a bit of more of a challenging subject matter and then do exhibitions that educate as well. So it's sort of inspire, educate, challenge. We want to make sure that our program is touching all of those points and to also not be afraid to do things that people won't like because obviously not everyone's going to like you all the time. But also when people have a really strong negative reaction to an exhibition, the strength of that reaction is still something that we're really interested in and that I think is something that's still really positive to to occur and you can have a discussion or a dialogue about those things. So we're not too afraid to do something that we think might not be received completely positively and to just allow that conversation to, to happen. How has social media impacted your gallery out there? Well, I think social media has become such a huge part of everything that we do now. It has its obvious places, just a advertising and marketing tool, I suppose, but it also becomes this new platform to engage with people. And my um, interest in, in galleries all the way back to my master's research is how do you broaden and diversify engagement within these art spaces. I mean, not everybody comes to the art gallery. There are still physical, economic, um, and emotional barriers that stop people from coming to these spaces. And so I've always been really interested in how we can actually explode the gallery out into spaces that are accessible to the public on their own terms. And I think social media is absolutely one of the key spaces we can do that. And then, of course, through COVID, I think we all realized that social media created that virtual space that kept connection with our community and engagement with art alive when our you know doors were closed and I think we learned a lot of lessons from that things that we can continue on and of course we're very very happy that the doors are open again and we want people to physically come to the museum that's a very particular experience and not one that can be replaced by scrolling through Instagram but there are great opportunities there to to share content to share art to communicate ideas ask questions get feedback from people um and so i think that that has been really important and will continue to be really important um as uh, as that you know space grows with your gallery is there a component of the gallery where the works are for sale and then a component of the gallery where they're not for sale? So we have, I suppose, a sale program that, I mean, the the gallery staff are working across everything. So we don't have sort of a commercial unit, Um, but we do have a specific stream, I suppose, uh, within our program that is commercially focused. So a range of selling exhibitions, and that's also then, I guess, attached to the, the retail component of, of our shop as well. And that's really important for two reasons. One, Naram has quite a different model to a lot of regional museums. We are independent. We're not completely run or funded by our local council. Our local council is one of our biggest funding supporters, but we are also independent and separate from them. So we have a lot of responsibility and and need to contribute to our own revenue streams to support the program here at NARAM. And anyone who hasn't thought about what it might cost to to run an art museum, it's uh, not 
Um, treble it. Whatever you're thinking, <laughs> treble it. <laughs> exactly. It is not insignificant. I mean, even just turning the lights and keeping the air conditioning on so that the artwork is feeling happy and comfortable all the time. Yeah, I, I hadn't appreciated that. My little brother worked at the Royal Academy for Art in London and he's a refrigerations mechanic. And I was like, how did you get a job there? And he's like, Willie, the art needs to be at a certain temperature and humidity to remain insured. Yeah, absolutely. And it's within three degrees. There is not a lot of wiggle room there. Things like selling exhibitions are very big revenue support that then allows us to do all of our other programs. I mean, the thing about the thing about art galleries as well, I mean, it's it's free entry in, into Niran. So um, by us opening our doors day to day, we're not necessarily generating income that way, but we still have that expenditure. So through buying an artwork at Niran, you support the gallery, but then also it's a really important way to support artists. I mean, Niram takes commission, which is the usual structure that happens within that commercial space. But then the artist also has a, a space to, to show their work and a space, I suppose, that has a different kind of credibility or gravitas because it is a, a regional museum. So it is a curated program. It's not a space for hire. We select what artists go into that program and it is competitive so when you get one of those solo exhibitions it is something significant in in that artist's career and then hopefully financially benefits them and supports the the gallery as well how does that selection process happen and how far in advance is that planning going on? Yeah. So we program 12 to 18 months in advance. For the majority of the program, there's some programs that are as far as three or four years, particularly for um, touring exhibitions that we might have committed to. And there might also be larger projects that have sort of a two to three year lead in. But our sort of annual calendar is usually set at least 12 to 18 months before that year begins. We have some smaller exhibition spaces and sometimes we leave a couple of little holes to be maybe responsive or to be able to take up something that's exciting that doesn't have that same lead time. But yeah, it's it's not the kind of thing where you can walk in and say, I'd love an exhibition and that's going to happen next week. It takes quite a long period of time, which can sometimes be something that surprises artists if they haven't had a lot of experience within that regional or larger gallery context because we plan out far in advance. And in terms of getting one of those exhibitions, it's too We obviously keep an eye out on what's happening in the art world and we will see artists that we think are really exciting, that we would love to see at Niram, making great work. They're coming up, they've been part of a group show and they stood out to us and we will then approach artists to have an exhibition with us but we do accept submissions so we do a call out and review those twice a year which doesn't always happen at commercial galleries Um, so this is I mean this is I guess is in recognition the fact that we know that we don't see everything and you know there's stuff that we would miss and that there's artists out there that perhaps just need that first little chance so we do accept proposals we get a lot more proposals then we're ever able to schedule in. And there are certainly artists where the feedback might be, you know, we think you've got something, but not yet. In terms of Niram, it's, you know, you need to go and show elsewhere and get a little bit more experience under your your belt before you're where we're looking at. There's a whole range of reasons why someone may or may not be selected. But the main thing is, as I said, there's just a lot more applications than there are um, 
exhibition spaces and we are trying to make sure that within any one calendar year we're showing diversity We've got a range of male and female artists indigenous artists you know different voices that kind of thing so we're trying to create that balance within that selection that we make when you're working with an artist who has a commercial show in with you what are some of the factors that make that a great relationship working together? It's always exciting to work with artists whose work you have a genuine rapport with. I think, you know, that's always the most fun when you love the work and you, you love what they're doing. But that's not always the case because, you know, we're, we're also, of course, aware that we have personal biases and there's things that we love more. I mean, if I was just to show my taste, it would be abstract all the time, and, you know, <laughs> which, of course, can't happen. Also probably pretty dark with each other other people would get a bit sick of that kind of rapport isn't necessarily there all the time so I think that the key thing is about trying to be professional and be considerate and work to the timelines I think is something that's really really important we try to make sure that we give artists the time that they will need to make their work edit their work refine the process you know we except for on the very rare occasion we're unlikely to say hi, really, we have a show in a month. Can you get your first solo exhibition with Nirem together in that time? Because we understand that that's an unreasonable request. We wouldn't want to put that pressure on you. And then at the same time, we have internal timelines and schedules and things that we have to meet. So we try to make sure that we give expectations and requirements to artists. You know, we need your bio, we need your artist statement, we need your images, we need the work delivered at this time, we need the spreadsheet that has all the values so that we can make the labels, all that kind of stuff. And we give you those dates, which might be eight weeks out, six weeks out, four weeks out. And when those things don't start coming in on time, of course, that starts to push our deadlines back. And we're working on multiple exhibitions simultaneously. So that's the other thing that causes a little bit of pressure. The other advice I give to an artist is don't deliver your artwork when it's still wet. <laughs> it makes things really tricky for the install. <laughs> I'd be like, just don't touch it yet, but it's here. Exactly. Like, maybe give it 24, 48 hours. <laughs> yeah, it is here. Don't touch the sides or lean it against a pristine white wall, I think is is really important. And I think the other thing, particularly for emerging artists, if, if they're, you know, starting out, if you've applied to have an exhibition at Neurem and we've said no, for whatever the reason might be, I mean, don't feel discouraged and don't take that personally and, and don't let that sour your potential relationship with a gallery or with the, the museum. There is a multitude of reasons why those no's are, are said. If you really want it, just you know, keep going, but keep going in sort of a respectful manner. You can't really bust your way in. You've got to, in some ways, let those things evolve and happen a bit more naturally. And it's such a relational industry, isn't it, as well? The getting out to industry events or industry opportunities and even if it's just such a brief face-to-face -face interaction with someone. I think the first time, you may not remember this, but the first time I met you, you were wearing this fantastic leather dress at the Archibald announcement with Leah and she was a finalist and her painting was actually my husband's favourite. It was, it was great. It was so phenomenal, wasn't it? And anyway, I just remember seeing you going, oh, my God, I love your dress. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got scurried off because I was like, Willie, stop stalking people for their fashion. Like, <laughs> But 
But it is really important to not underestimate the impact of those meetings and and those events. They can actually really lead to things. And not that you should start becoming stalkerish stalker or um, this person who only sees these relationships as transactional or for gain. But as you say, it is very much an industry about relationships and artists and curators they become friends they have partnerships that then allow them to work on really significant projects together it is much harder or maybe it's more that if you know the person and you know that they're generally engaged and you see them everywhere possibly you have sort of more rose-coloured glasses when you're looking at their proposal and you see how much they're a part of their community and, and that kind of thing. And I would also say that, yeah, when, when you get your opportunity, and this is for, I, I think this is for anyone, an, an artist, a curator, do your best to be pleasant to work with because as much as those positive interactions can take you a long way, negative interactions can certainly stall you. I mean, there have been people where I go, look, their work is great, but they're just so difficult to work with and sometimes you'd make the personal sacrifice and go look they're so good we're gonna have to you know we're gonna we know it's gonna be a hard time but we're gonna do it anyway but then a lot of times you kind of go you know life is short do I want to work with someone who's gonna make that four months leading up to an exhibition totally hell so you know try try and be nice nice is good be a good human. Be yeah. a good. Be a nice human. Exactly. Goes a long way. Long way. <laughs> Other than obviously your beautiful museum, where do you love to go to see beautiful art? Mm. I mean, I love commercial galleries. You see a lot of the stuff that is of the now, and it's really exciting. And you start to get ideas for for next shows. I think one of my favorite major galleries to go to is still Goma. Yes. I love the program that they do. They've done some amazing exhibitions. In fact, their Gerhard Richter exhibitions is one of my favorite of all time. So well curated. It was such a great experience. That's one of my favorites. But I mean, I go everywhere and anywhere that I can see art, really. You know, I love Sydney Contemporary. It's an immense, crazy time. I'm always exhausted. And sometimes I'm not 100% sure if I've even seen anything. I know. Did I see anything? I can't quite remember, but I love bumping into so many people and seeing so much new stuff. And then, of course, I love when I get the opportunity again to go overseas. I, I love to be able to, um, you know, see those see those artworks that you did a high school assignment on. Um, you know, I love when you get to do that. But wherever I travel and wherever I go, I'm always in art galleries. It's still very much my happy place personally and professionally. Rachel, I have this question that I'm asking everyone this season about, and I'm titling it the one that got away. And (laughs) I I mean, I have several ones that got away and it's an artwork where you saw it, you loved it. And whether it was just a little bit too expensive or it was the wrong size and you you toyed with it and then you didn't buy it and it haunts you. (laughs) I was actually just having a conversation about this with the artist just before Christmas, I was at the Queensland College of the Arts graduation exhibition and Sam Cranston, who's a great artist from Brisbane, who I actually did his entry interview to get into QUT when he wanted to do his Bachelor of Fine Arts, uh, which I, I tell everybody that because Sam is such a great artist. And I'm like, 
I had a teeny tiny bit to do <laughs> with his success. Um, and uh, he was part of an exhibition that I curated when I was still at the QUT Creative Industries precinct. And he was doing these series of watercolors on graph paper. And Sam uses a lot of archive material. And because he was using the graph paper, they had sort of a, a pixelated look. And one of them was a David Bowie portrait. And I love Kranz, you know, Sam's work. And I love this series. And I love David Bowie. And I should have bought that work. I should have bought But it was very early on in my career and I had no money. But I was talking to Sam about the fact that it is one of the works that haunts me. And he's like, I think we can work something. Okay. I think um, I might be commissioning a work, which would probably cost so much more than it would have then. But if you can uh, make up for one of those regrets, it's always fun. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, before I let you go, what's coming up for the gallery or for the museum this year? Are you turning, is the museum turning 40 this yes, year? Yes, it is. I know. Are you having a party? Oh, we're having several parties. It's a party all year long. We're so excited. So, yes, it's, it's Niram's 40th anniversary. Um, we opened in 1983. And so we're trying to use the whole year as a way to celebrate our collection, celebrate our community. Our program launches on the 3rd of February. We're opening six new exhibitions, including the, the new rehang of our Hinton collection. So the Wonders of Hinton is a beautiful exhibition, um, as well as a Coventry collection, Coventry Noir. On the 26th of March that's our actual 40th so that's the you know the 40 years from the day that Niram opened we're going to have a big long lunch with our community and and celebrate that we're going to have a gala event this year we've got so many amazing exhibitions culture club winter blooming black gully festival i mean it's it's non-stop and never ending at, at niram but that's what we love we i really want um, niram to be a place where everyone can find something exciting or inspiring or challenging educational to do it encourages people to explore their own creativity or at the very least we're air conditioned we have free wi-fi a great cafe and you can meet up with your friends here you know whatever reason you want to use this art museum it's it's there for you to use and everybody is welcome all the time I love it oh my goodness Rachel Parsons thank you so much for your time it's been such a pleasure I feel like you have dream job if not dream job it's really close to it so I hope you get to do it for many more years to come yeah I'm excited to absolutely I think I yeah I think it is a dream job definitely 